Aalto University Podcast. Hi, this is Cloud Reachers. I'm Tomi Kauppinen. And today I have a big honor of having Fabian Ferrara as my guest. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I just finished my exams. Uh, so a few days are relaxed and then I will start my internship in my working. And actually I'm in Italy, exactly in the south of Italy. Uh, very close to the sea, to the Amalfi coast for those who know it. And yeah, I think that it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen, but I'm biased, so I have to admit it. Yeah, I mean, Italy is so fantastic. I just absolutely adore uh, everything about the Italian Italian culture and everything. And uh, I'm, I'm in um, Finland, in Aalto University podcast studio. It's uh, it's great that we can have this conversation remotely, even if it's absolutely uh, crazy times. Um, how is it? Uh, I mean, uh, I would really like to uh, have here a deep dive of um, of your perspective. Hear your perspective as a student about the world and learning. Um, but uh, let's start. I mean, because we are living now through this crazy pandemic times where everything is remote and online, virtual, and, and uh, we are missing the physical interaction, physical proximity, the ability to actually talk with others, I mean, in cafeterias. And um, to start with, uh, can you share um, the story of your sister and um, and also how that uh, led you to choose the topic in the, in the information visualization class you took last autumn. Yeah, it was not the first time that I faced with the SDGs, so the Sustainable Development Goals. I had attended an extra university summer school where I was asked to choose one of these magnificent 17. It was not easy to approach topics that seemed uh, apparently very far from me and my little work. So when I started taking the explorative information visualization course, I didn't have the same panic. Indeed, it was uh, another opportunity to approach issues that I would hardly have explored alone. So it seemed to me the first real case to which to apply what I was learning in parallel in other courses. So I can say finally waiting for Jupiter to compile the Python code in 30 minutes. Uh, well, it made sense. And I remember that the afternoon before the first exploratory information visualization assignment, I was on the phone with my sister. Soon she will leave for Rome for a new job. And she was worried because there is no internship on these occasions. So everyone thinks you already know uh, how to do what you have to do. And if you are wrong, well, uh, it is better if you are not wrong, I can say. Uh, so I remember the news bulletin in Italy that uh, Italy counted more than 30,000 new infections and about 700 deaths that day. So 
I called back my sister after her first shift and she explained to me what it meant to do a transport of a patient with COVID-19. Uh, often hospitals um, exceed the limit of places available for patients. Uh, sometimes they are along the corridors because in the large rooms there is no place Uh, other than the fact that in the in those large rooms there is no privacy or dignity, so hospitals need to move patients to other hospitals in the region. And there is a, a service that takes care of calling an ambulance to be able to operate this transport. And doctors residing in in this uh, ambulance must follow a, a strict procedure to put on the sheet, two pairs of gloves the mask, the visor, uh, so uh, then enter the hospital and release the patient. And um, usually there is a dirty path that is set up. It is called proper dust. <laughs> It indicates that it's only crossed by positive patients. So dressed as astronauts, they pick up the patient with the COVID and take it Uh, to an ambulance that will uh, accompany him to a second hospital. So here's how the process should go. But what is hardly known <clears throat> is that often there are not enough protections for all the transports of the day. So the doctors are forced to reuse even the same contaminated visors or um, happen that hospitals, when the ambulance arrives, are not equipped with a dirty path, but they have to set it up at the moment. And this costs time, sacrifice for the, who wear the, the suites, and suffering for the patients who are forced uh, to wait uh, for so much bureaucracy. Often, even the hospitals of arrival refuse patients because they have no place, the communication is really bad, and organization even worse. So, for example, uh, my sister colleagues explained to me that you often have to scold a patient who is visibly in pain and who tries to take off his protection, such as the mask, uh, but who in doing so, does not realize that he could infect you as a doctor. So waiting times are, are, are long. The patients are also waiting two hours in the ambulance, risking to um, consume all the oxygen reserve uh, that the ambulance has. And if a bed is not found in time in the hospital, The patient can collapse, and it is the responsibility of the ambulance doctor, like my sister, to ask for more oxygen. So once she told me that she had a fight uh, with a receptionist from the COVID transfer service because she wanted to force her on a second transport without giving her the time uh, to sanitize the ambulance. So you cannot put yourself at a risk, otherwise you will no longer be able to help others. So providing the right working condition to be able to carry out your work means giving dignity to the worker. Mm. And this is why I choose the eight SDG, the decent work and economic growth. Mm, of the sustainable development. Goals. That is yeah. just amazing. I mean, that's that was so touching when you said you know, when you explained how you um, chose the topic, and um, 
And uh, it's, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I have words to say how much it means when you say that you would have worked anyways uh, towards understanding, uh, you know, SDGs and, and eight, um, and uh, and uh, perhaps perhaps this kind of visualization helps you then to kind of and at the at the same time do what you anyway would anyways would do, but then also to study in these times. Yeah, my visualization was about the studying the uh, uh, the period exposure uh, of uh, of risk risk uh, for for workers. Mm-hmm. What did you uh, learn when you um, look at the uh, visualization now uh, that you made? It's by the way, it's awesome. It's so creative and uh, and. Uh, so full of insights but uh what did you um perhaps learn yourself uh, by just looking at the outcome visualization yeah something uh it was not a surprise that the the medical staff or all the health area uh was the most uh affected by uh by the risk, by the contagious and the infection. Uh, so in my visualization, there is uh, a bubble, uh, um, a bubble chart that show uh, the that the health area was uh, was in uh, in worse condition. Uh, but also other um, other other categories uh, like the. Um, uh i know if, if i remember uh, the um, ambulance staff also the um, uh, the the biological scientist the um, nursing mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah that was amazing basically the idea was um to visualize how i mean different um different um professions and how many times they need to be in the when doing the profession uh they yeah. how many times they need to be in proximity of 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 other yeah. people it was evaluated um on two factors the proximity to others and the exposure to disease mm-hmm. just amazing very insightful and uh, and so exactly um contributing to understanding the uh sustainable development goal number eight i think that was just just fantastic um if i um if i um i mean i think by now we we started from saying that okay well now you're an italian i'm in in finland but uh you were planning to actually study here in in uh finland in all the university and you booked so many flights last year uh to basically move here to do your studies and they were all postponed cancelled and uh causing a lot of rearrangements uh so uh <laughs> share to listeners and me uh how how was it mm, yeah it was awful because i mm, deciding to move to Finland mm, despite the pandemic was not easy so 
uh, everything seemed to be rolling against my will. And uh, the worst thing uh, was that I was afraid uh, that putting my will in front of everything could somehow endanger the lives of other people, of, uh, also people near to me. Um, so I booked uh, the first flight for October 26th uh, when mm, the situation in Italy was uh, still uh, good. And on October 22 uh, in Italy, uh, a new decree issues restrictive measures to the freedom of citizens uh, with the aim of limiting the number of infections. So um, after the first uh, cancel, uh, cancel the flight, I bought a, uh, another flight ticket, rented a room, planned um, a move, even package uh, so, uh, that I sent with all the Italian uh, Italian things. <laughs> um, with, yeah. um, and on October 23, uh, they canceled uh, an, another flight. And I wonder, will, will it be a sign? Uh, so my sister, another time, as a doctor, uh, advised me and begs me to not take another one. She was afraid that I might get sick uh, during uh, during the trip, and uh, as I am a person that uh, suffered from uh, asthma, I could really be in danger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the desire to leave, to study in another country, to leave the experience that um, the double degree uh, offered to me. Uh, in first place, um, well, re- I, the design was really strong, so I decided to buy another flight. And until the October 25, when a person in my family tested positive for the COVID 19 swab, so um, I had a high chance of being two. So it was the longest. 24 hours oh, I have no. lived. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, was the um, the confusion and also um, the responsibility to take a decision uh, because um, it, I I was negative uh, at the end and I cancelled the flight. But I never had the courage to take another one again. I don't know if it was the right choice. I often think about what I lost, but uh, mm, I don't know. Not living the experience I had dreamed of so much, well, uh, it was not uh, <laughs> was not nice. Mm-hmm. But I look around and I think of who really has lost something, or rather, uh, someone. And I say to myself, okay, uh, everything is okay. The snow doesn't move from Finland and Santa Claus Village uh, will be in Lapland uh, for a few <laughs> years. Um, so, uh, it, it will not move from 
from there. And I'm only 25, thankfully. And thankfully, I'm fine. Mm. So yeah. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. I had... I mean, I didn't know that uh, you were, and uh, I suppose also some of the other students were also planning to move to Finland around that time. So, I mean, those are actual challenges with all the flights canceled and, and testing uh, your family, somebody testing positive for COVID-19 at the same time and all that anxiousness and uh, stress. And it's just, I mean, I... It's it's just amazing how 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 on earth it is even possible to then study at the same time. Just wondering all the deadlines yeah. and uh, I mean it must be like exactly. Also, um, miss missing contacts with other uh, people, friends, uh, um, course colleagues. Uh, It means that uh, you have just uh, a lot of emails mm. and a lot of uh, notification on on the university website uh, to know something or to get in touch with uh, professors uh, and other people. Uh, there is no human contact. Yeah. There is no society. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Um So what I'm hearing is that um, studying at the universities nowadays, a lot of emails, these notifications from different systems, uh, lack of uh, human contact, and uh, kind of, kind of, um, kind of, uh, you are binding yourself with the laptop. <laughs> That's it, right? Yeah, um, I have to say that. At first, it wasn't easy to get used to to uh, online university. It really seemed so far and surreal the idea of not following the lessons in in person. So um, we were hoping it was just a temporary situation, mm -hmm. and it felt like we had to hold on until things got back to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm, yeah, the the feeling was the the temporary situation. Mm. I was initially in my entry university at the Politecnico di Milano, and uh, the idea was to stay in a simulation, uh, an attempt at an online university that immediately uh, showed its advantages, such as following lesson while staying under the covers in a warm bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or having lunch with the background of the machine learning lessons, so it was not bad. Um, or having lessons recorded, being able to intervene with the with the chat and overcoming also a little shyness, mm. uh, arriving on time for lessons because there was no subway to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and above all, uh, also no rush to the best place to look at the blackboard. Um, you always have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that, but that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes classes are uh, are filler and 
they have no mm. uh, enough uh, places for students mm. in Italy. Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> same. It's, it's the same in, in some classes. I mean, depends. Depends. Sometimes also courses, they organize the classes in a bit too auditoriums. I don't know if that's good either. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes because um, students uh, leave the course, maybe. Mm. So the number of students um, becomes the, the half of the initial number. Mm. So, um, several freedoms and above all many comforts. Mm. But on the other end, after, after the first two weeks of class in, in my pajamas, I started <laughs> to miss the contacts, the real ones, not, yeah. not the reactions on Zoom. Uh, I was uh, homesick for a coffee between classes, for afternoons spent uh, studying with my classmates. Mm professors who knew us through the Zoom profile image and uh, for all of them, I was an engineer who uh, lives by pond in Copenhagen as uh, I seen in, in the old photo, not, not this one, but uh, it was funny. <laughs> and not to mention the fact that spending so many hours on the, the computer uh, was challenging and you really risk to falling asleep on the table with the web, uh, with the webcam turned off or with the R cover uh, with your face on. Mm. So um, the comforts uh, are big uh, advantage, but the experience of the campus, the friends of the course, the exams, mm. well, nothing can replace it. Mm. How do you think about? Um and I'm I'm asking from my personal curiosity because I've mm -hmm. been running um, Alto Online Learning, which is Alto University's online learning lab, and previously it was a project, a strategic development project, with the idea of um, uh, ideas starting uh, also from my own experiments of creating the information visualization class or the course. The the idea being that um, that kind of um, Having podcasts and examples, I mean, links to online examples, having online materials, readings, and so on, prepare uh, students to these sessions. And I've always, my own motivation for arranging online learning has always been to have more time with students in a workshop style where we brainstorm, we have group works, we come to actual physical places and uh, and uh, have less this kind of one direction lectures, you see? So, so there is obviously need for theory, but uh, in my, in my view, it's, uh, it's better to have in this kind of small chunks, um, be it, uh, like I said, videos, example, vis visualizations or podcasts or some readings, some articles. Uh, some assignments, uh, some peer review, like you saw. <laughs> so how do you think about that? I mean, like, like now in this time when we, everything is kind of suddenly online and remote, um, how do you see the balance between this kind of materials and then online Zoom sessions? Like how, have you seen some better examples of 
of courses where the balance is right or is there still a lot of lot of things to do how do you think about it yeah uh i think that uh the the online material is a big resource but uh i think also that um in in my case uh my my person um, there were also a lot of projects and laboratories so uh i miss the um, i miss the concrete part and not always uh, um there was a, a perfect balance between the the theory and um, and the application part uh and the online uh, and the online situation maybe uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah maybe it's not is not the best way uh, in this case but i think that uh, or i think also that um uh, it, it's it's a good training for uh, for a future because now with the with the, um, the, the covid-19 situation uh, companies also uh, understood the importance of uh, of smart working and work remotely uh, and it means also give the opportunity to people to to do other things and just and not force them to to go to the job place uh so um, i think that is a good training also for for us uh, as a students mm. as students yes mm, try to uh find ourselves uh a balance mm. and yeah a way to combine also what the remotely uh work um um try to give us mm. So yeah. that's a great point. Uh, it uh, reminds me that I've now started to see um, a lot of um, job offers uh, where they explicitly say that, uh, that by the way, we work only remotely. <laughs> so yeah. there is no need to move to this specific city or country even. Just work from anywhere you want to work from. But these are the deliverables that we are expecting from you. Yeah, it's it's funny that it took a global pandemic to be able <laughs> to to wake up companies as and takes uh, to take uh, decision like that. So the importance of smart working. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Well, perhaps societies sometimes need this kind of uh, waking up calls, and uh, I don't know if this can. I mean, it seems that this uh, can serve also as a waking up call um, for many of the other sustainable development goals. Well, I mean, climate change obviously is happening, and uh, and uh, for a longer time there have been warnings that okay, well, when the climate changes, there will be. Epidemics, pandemics, while viruses are spreading easier. So, yeah, interesting. Perhaps we learn uh, something from that. What do you What do you think? Uh, 
that that this society should learn from this pandemic? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, the most important thing. Uh, well, that's a good question because uh, last year was a, a, a very bad year to forget, mm. but it really taught us a lot. And first, it gave us the opportunity to understand our priorities. I think not everyone has them clear in their mind. I was the first to consider so many things fundamental that in reality were not, or I neglected others without realizing it. So uh, the affections, the real ones, once we remember only when we are about to lose them. But also time, time with those you love, time dedicated to those you love, and time for yourself and for what makes you feel good. Mm. We hadn't forgotten it. Yeah, and a global pandemic, <laughs> uh, it was able to remind us what really matters. So, so it's uh, a paradox. Mm. It has shown, uh, like I say, uh, companies that it's possible to grow by letting parents smart working without have to, having uh, to divide between home and work. Mm-hmm. Be, uh, but it, it has not been hard enough, if I can say, for some who still cannot accept others if they have a different skin color than they mm-hmm. are. So... Uh, I, I, I dream in... <laughs> That after this period, uh, in the future, I will make make my contribution to society, being able to be fundamental, <laughs> maybe just like my sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you follow, I mean, I think you have so many different opportunities, but um, just following your um, ideas for the visualizations. Uh, supporting people to get understand and get uh, insight about uh, things that matter i think you can select that path but i'm sure you have so many other paths um that are possible yeah how is um Actually, yeah please no no mm, yeah. yeah i was just wanted to ask you um about um because I think that uh, that dream sounds uh, just fantastic, and and um, and uh, um, I'm sure you will uh, do well and contribute to the society. I think you have so good value basis now, and also uh, insight from this pandemic alone, and uh, and and your sister story. But uh, how do you think uh, if you look um, like uh, your life and and studies and and um, everything um has there been some kind of other turning point uh something that have made you think differently about life about learning about anything uh kind of prior to pandemic or is it was it the pandemic uh do you mean uh some turning point in my life yeah something something like that that uh, made you think uh, differently about what what you want to um, 
basically do in your mm-hmm. studies or in your life? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know those people who when uh, they tell of a change in their life, they mention that magical day when they woke up and made a decision that changed their future <laughs> or that changed themselves. Well, <laughs> it never happened to okay. me. <laughs> I never woke up thinking that something in me had to change that day. It was um, rather uh, an awareness that I realized I had acquired only after a long time. Mm-hmm. And this happened when I spent nine months at the Apple Developer Academy to become an iOS app developer. And At the same time, in that period, I was finishing my bachelor's degree. It was a difficult time, like um, the one that many students uh, face uh, when they start asking so many questions about the postgraduate. I was about to finish a university course, and I need not what I had in my hands besides a nice picture with a doctor in computer engineering, etc., etc. And my dream was not to develop applications. I knew it well, but um, that training met, made me uh, gain a fundamental awareness for me. I understood uh, how interesting the interaction between human and machine was. So studying the experience of users, the mechanism that guide their tools, habits, um, in order to design a product or a service that would satisfy their needs in the simplest and most intuitive way. So I was intrigued by the idea of mixing, uh, well, I, I never imagined the, the psychology with programming, with design and business uh, experiences. Yeah, <laughs> I think that this led me to choose Finland. Yeah, that's why if, uh, there, uh, there hadn't been this experience, uh, today I would be here aware of what I want. Wow, but that's that's a great. Uh, that's not a, like I said. That's not like one single minute or moment or one morning. Uh, but uh, that's kind oh. of a turning point that happened over. Uh, did you say nine months you were in in Apple? Yeah. In Cali- way in California or? No, uh, it was in Italy, uh, and it uh, it is. Uh, I don't know if also. Um, if now mm, there are two academy, but at the time um, it was the first uh, official Apple Developer Academy in the world. Okay. Yeah, and I worked with uh, with the Apple evangelists and Apple mentors. Mm. So yeah, it was a a great experience. But um, I understood it just. Uh, after a long time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's so great. Mm. And that led you to think about the interaction and, and psychology, human computer interaction and led you to, to <laughs> Finland and all that. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> Just fantastic uh, 
story. I, I so connect in many ways. I don't know if you have, uh, I have had um, in my podcast, uh, Saba Kitbay from Apple, I think two times now. And I've been also in, in her podcast, uh, Spring to Success. So perhaps um, give, uh, give them a listen uh, to Saba has uh, amazing um, set of uh, skills and ideas and thoughts about uh, design thinking and how to bring really human in the loop um, and, and how to help people to learn. I think it's just, just phenomenal. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It happened that uh, one day, um, one night, <laughs> better, um, I contacted um, a guy uh, that live, uh, lives in, um, in California, in LA, and uh, I, uh, I read about him uh, in a, on a website, on an article about, uh, about his, uh, his path. Uh, his journey, his journey life. So I contacted him and uh, I asked him um, about about his uh, his job. So uh, just in this way, um, how can I uh, obtain your job? <laughs> how can I? How can I do what you do? <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> that's bravery. <laughs> yeah. And, and he explained to me how, uh, what is the, um, the human-computer interaction. Uh, yeah, it was the, he initialized me <laughs> uh, to this work. That's so great idea. I have, I'm absolutely <laughs> amazed. I don't know anybody who has yes, contacted some way i mean that way but they m- must be or can be uh obviously be, but that's just fantastic so all the listeners if you just heard for what fabian said i think that is one of the best advices i i i've heard uh, <laughs> he called me um, during the night uh because uh, in it i you know uh, I don't remember, but in Italy um, was um, three a.m. I think, if I remember, and uh, uh, he spent uh, three hours on the phone to to give me a lot of uh, precious advices. Uh, I never forgot it. Wow. Yeah. And that was a shortcut to wisdom. <laughs> yeah. I Googled how can I, um, work uh, in LA just like this. Wow. And his web in his article appeared. Yeah. Um, and and that led you to work at the Apple in Italy. I mean, this developer academy. And that led you to yeah. study in Finland, of course, now remotely. But uh, <laughs> kind of that one <laughs> Google search that you did uh, back then, yeah. like how can I work in yeah. LA, actually led you to study remote <laughs> to Finland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Just amazing. Have you ever been to California? I mean, did you ever go there and visit for them? No, unfortunately not. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, it's, of course. It has challenges and whatnot, but I just absolutely love the uh, Santa Barbara area in California. Like I think many people do, UCSB, uh, UC Santa Barbara is uh, just a fantastic uh, university. I've visited there three times now. Uh, once was there two weeks in the guest housing. It's just fabulous place. I mean, they are so, so bright and, um, and, uh, you know, lucky to have a son. <laughs> They were kind of all the time. It's, I mean, so beautiful there. Highly, highly, uh, encourage if you have, have a chance. If you need any, any connections there, happy to give you. Um, what do you think? Um, I mean, we kind of touched about it, um, again already, but, um, if you think about your after the, after your graduation, um, what are your biggest dreams? Uh, do you see, um, how do you see, uh, your role in the societies? You said, uh, something fundamental, but, um, what do you think? Is there something, um, kind of specific role? Uh, is it, yeah, well, what do you think? Yeah, I think that, um, uh, I do not dream peace in the world. Uh, it's clear. But, uh, I, yeah, I dream of being, uh, able to make my contribution to, to society, as I said, uh, because, um, what I, what I choose, um, as a university path, uh, is not, um, is not, um, um, uh, I'm gonna say is, is really new. As a as a category, uh, and also uh, is not uh, seen as a, a fundamental job uh, because people are uh, used to uh, other type of service and other type of of, uh, of job uh, like the doctor, the lawyer that are more. Uh, Okay, let's see, that are more standard as, mm. as job and recognized by the society. But uh, I think that um, maybe um, in, uh, in 10 years, uh, something, uh, so the, the study of the human computer interaction uh, will be recognized uh, totally, I, I hope. Mm. <laughs> Also, try to understand people, to understand uh, their needs, uh, their thoughts, and try to help them and to re to satisfy their needs. I think that uh, is not uh, a little thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is not about just the user interface mm -hmm. or or the application on on mobile uh, on the mobile phone. Mm. It's about the the it's about the life of people and uh, it's uh, and in their um, approach with the technology mm. uh, trying also to uh, show uh, that technology are not so mm -hmm, 
escape uh, like uh, a lot of people uh, a lot of people think mm. uh, yeah so it's uh, and now yeah it's kind of part of uh, the whole life experience rather than something that you have to interact with exactly yeah uh, well, for my for my internship for example um, uh, I've been talking a lot about mixed reality applied to situation uh, subject to restrictions due to the COVID-19 and I'm doing research for uh, yes for my degree thesis uh, um, But also to understand how can I uh, feel, mm, make feel people uh, safer, mm-hmm. yeah. to not restrict their lives, uh, but uh, lead them to to do what they want in a in a safe place in a safe way. That's fantastic goal. So you are planning to use mixed reality techniques to do that? To uh, apply to the um, the tourism and cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. So um, try to um, build scenes in the museums, but also historical places and artistic places uh, where people can interact uh, with the uh, with the story, with the art, and um, and try to um, do it uh, in, in a way that is safe in, in this period that is not, not trivial, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Absolutely, yeah. That's a fantastic goal. Hey, let's uh, talk about it uh, perhaps uh, off the record. I have done quite some collaborations with museums yeah. and I'm uh, happy to... Happy to, uh, because I mean, now in the podcast, we cannot show <laughs> links what we have been doing, but uh, it's, uh, that's kind of the downside of the, of the only audio version, but uh, that sounds so fascinating and so yeah, needed. Yeah. It's kind of bringing the museum where you are at with the augmented reality. Exactly, with, um, with the VR and the visor. Wow. So it's an... Mm, it's a totally new project, but uh, it's really interesting, and <laughs> I also need suggestions. So maybe another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I, you know, I mean, like I said um, before our recording, I um, I worked with Galileo Galilei Museum in Florence uh, in a two-year um, project, and now now we are uh, one of the in, in the United which is one of the European alliances for this European university idea. And uh, there we um, have the virtual campus uh, task force. I'm, I'm leading it and uh, there we are big time thinking and, and creating and planning. What does, what does it mean to achieve a true virtual campus? And especially in these times, obviously, it's so needed. I mean, we need this kind of spirit of uh, having I mean, being exposed uh, to great uh, pieces of art or pieces of information and uh, also allowing to 
to socially interact with other people because I mean, I mean, I, I don't, you know, this uh, social distancing, right? So I don't know if uh, I'm always thinking, okay, why on earth are we trying to socially distance? I mean, why don't, what isn't it physically distancing, but socially even closer, right? Yeah. Uh, I think also that um, uh, it's a type of technology like the, uh, the visor one. I mean, uh, that is uh, a little bit rejected. I don't know if you feel the same, uh, because it's um, a wearable that, um, that limits you to, to appreciate the, the real art, the, the, the museum, and what you can see with your eyes and not through a, a visor. So um, I want to also to, to cut this limit and to overcome uh, this barrier And I don't know uh, if you know that the visors are also used uh, in hospital for ah, children. I didn't know. And yeah, that uh, yeah, for uh, for children, sick children mm. that cannot uh, go outside to play, so they can live experience uh, through the visors. So overcome this barrier, uh, I think that uh, is my is my goal in this uh, in this project because I uh, I re uh, I'm really passionate about art uh, since I was uh, a, a child. I have to say that also that I I'm a painter. Um, wow! Yeah, <laughs> not so experienced by but. Um, Yeah. Well, that explains something with your visualization <laughs> the class, because I was like, okay, well, this this person actually knows about about you know missing someone and, and like, yeah, where to put things. Yeah, uh, I drew since uh, I was really a little girl, <laughs> so uh, I have a, a, um, a strong passion for art. And also for me, it's, um, I also, I, I have a, a, a difficult um, imaging, uh, visualizing the art through a visor, through something that cannot uh, help you to, to appreciate the art in its, uh, uh, its real, uh, its real uh, sense, in its real uh, form. Yeah, it's strange. Mm. Um, but if I, I think that if I can overcome this barrier, maybe also other people can. Mm -hmm. Great. I mean, isn't it uh, that having those challenges actually can spark so much creativity? Because, I mean, if you start from an actual challenge that kind of nobody has a solution to, and uh, then use yeah. all of your skills you have learned in the in the um, in different internships and work and uh, studies and, and life in general, um, then perhaps you are the one who actually creates a solution for that challenge. I'm absolutely sure, by yeah. the way, that you will. <laughs> I hope I'll let you know. Yeah. No, but I really like what you just said. You said um, that that if you are able to convince kind of yourself 
then perhaps others are also that you are sure that others will also be convinced that the that the new new way of seeing yeah. art um, will be possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I, I I need to think that for a while. I think that is uh, that is so greatly put. Um, what do you um just um talking about learning? Uh, what did you learn last time? Was it uh, online <laughs> or somewhere else? Uh, if you mean something concrete, and please, anything, uh, anything, we... concrete or non-concrete. Uh, okay, if we exclude the exams that I took, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and which consists mostly of online material. Yeah, the last time I learned anything uh, practical was during the quarantine. Uh, yeah, I, I have not learned to play piano or guitar. Uh, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I learned how to make pizza. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you're Italian. <laughs> yeah. Just time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, people share. Think that uh, So, what is the uh, what is the secret there to make actually good pizza? Yeah, I think it's the water. Water. Yeah, it's the water. Yeah, uh, it's the water. Because, um, uh, water is uh, the quality of water is different. Uh, also in the south and in the north of Italy. I'm in the south, and uh, we uh, say that the north of Italy is not able to do ah. Uh, a great pizza <laughs> because the, the water in the south of Italy is different mm. and it's the same also for the coffee. Yeah, it, it's a sort of legend about uh, a lot of uh, pizza makers uh, uh, told me told me this thing. Wow. And uh, I agree. Yeah, it's the water, it's the quality of the water. The composition, I, I really don't know what precisely, but it's the water. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is this was this was super surprising. Yet it's kind of kind of kind of obvious, right? I mean I like I shared you uh, before we started recording, I have a new espresso machine since a few months. And um yeah, I mean water, of course it's I mean it needs water and same goes with pizza. Yeah, trying to to change the water and also taste will change. <laughs> wow! Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Look, I'm not an expert. Well, I mean, it's uh, well, I'm still not an expert uh, barista, but I'm I'm also learning every day more, and, and uh, now I learn something again that who knows perhaps helps me to prepare even better espressos. And this is kind of uh, what we need in these times. Uh, remote office, remote learning, remote cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was nice to hear. Um, what do you think? Um, I want to ask you about the, uh, towards the end of the episode, I want to ask you about like, what do you think, what kind of school or university would be, ideal in your in your view 
um, and also like what would uh, people learn there? How would they learn? Whatever is is wh- whatever they are needing, uh, what whatever they are learning there, and um, also what skills or mindsets or attitudes people should actually learn. What do you think? Uh, I think the that the ideal school should teach uh, um, what families are supposed to teach. I mean, um, not all families are the same and not all children are lucky and have the opportunity to immediately learn some important values that are fundamental uh, for living in a society. Uh, Perhaps uh, we should give space and create uh, greater um, interest in reality and information because uh, no one is guilty of being ignorant. Uh, but we are, um, we are if we do not ensure that from an early uh, age we learn the important things. Uh, It's not trivial to mm, know how to be in a group, to know how to respect the world you live in, uh, the people around you, uh, to be able to communicate, to understand, and mm, to be able to express yourself and confronting, questioning, make mistakes, and also learning. So I think that the ideal university should have more space for people. Give the opportunity to, to to improve yourself and be heard. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I would, if I have to be honest, I would add uh, a psychotherapy service as a compulsory course. Yeah. Wow, that's brave. <laughs> yeah, there is no individual who doesn't not need to know himself mm. to receive a psychological support. I think that is a, uh, yeah, it, it's not, uh, this doesn't mean that you are sick, that you have mm. a, a problem. Just uh, the fact that you, you are a person and it's, uh, it's normal that you have problems and that you have something to discuss. So, yeah, mm. I would give space to uh, psychotherapy service. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing combination. I would like to work and study in that university <laughs> that you just <laughs> described. I think I, what, I'm, what I was hearing, um, people would uh, learn to respect others, to work in groups, to express themselves, to collaborate, communicate, obviously. And... Uh, also learn to and have the op- opportunity to reflect on the thinking and, and 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 past week or past month and all the challenges and, and somebody would actually listen to it and uh, they, they would have the feeling of um, being heard basically is that yeah Don't take it for granted that um, families uh, can uh, can teach uh, what they have to teach. Mm. Um, I think that is important. 
because I, I'm um uh, I was um a child a fortunate child, a lucky child and my, not all child or not all children are lucky. Maybe they have just one uh or or, or a mother or a father or or no one. Uh, mm-hmm. or or not a good not good parents maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe school have to feel this, uh, mm. this. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for being a for sharing those thoughts. Um, I learned so much in this episode. I'm, I'm sure listeners also learned. Uh, yeah. and, and in a way, by the way, this having this podcast, uh, I have to say that this is uh, my attempt also to give uh, space for people to a kind of channel, a platform for uh, sharing their reflections. And uh, and uh, this was just an amazing, awesome conversation that we had today. Thank you for, for this opportunity. Yeah, this has just really? been great. I just wanted to have you have a final question. This is something I ask uh, from all guests of the Cloud Reachers podcast. Um, so cloud is just meaning uh, that there is cloud. Uh, <laughs> it can be online or it can be a dream. Something that you are reaching out. Something that is not yet here, but uh, perhaps should be here. Um, so who do you think or which can be also, a, a, you know, organization or company? Um, who is uh, who in your... Um, Mind is such a cloud reacher, uh, thus bringing new ideas forward or, and reaching out clouds and, and dreaming of something better and actually perhaps doing something about it, like having active role reaching out those dreams. Do you mean also a, a needle person? Yeah, can be someone who can take this. Can be a person, okay. organization, anything. So uh, someone who dreams uh, of the best for himself and others. Yeah. Maybe uh, someone that believes himself, who trusts people and has the ability to understand people. Uh, because what is needed most right now uh, is understanding, mm. knowing how to put on the shoes of others without judging harshly. Uh, so new ideas, I think, that um, arise from shortcomings. That is what is lacking, what human needs uh, becomes a way to reach the clouds, maybe. Mm. <laughs> and so offering better by taking care of people uh, leads, you, leads you to success. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's... Uh... Thanks for sharing <laughs> your wisdom and, and uh, all of this this whole conversation and uh, done remotely between southern Italy and um, well southern Finland. Espo University has been uh, just fantastic. Thanks so much, Fabiana, for joining me uh, in, for this episode. Have a nice have Thank a nice you. day. Um, <laughs> uh, let's have a, I think we have uh, quite some topics. I would really love to have you uh, 
to be a guest uh, also in the future. I think we have some some topics I would really like to go a bit deeper to, for example, about augmented reality and, and when you have progressed in that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I love it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Great. So something to plan. Um, so, hey, thanks. I'm Tommy, um, the host. Um, this was Cloud Reacher's episode with Fabiana. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Take care. Stay tuned. See you.